there are five very powerful effects the whole year of 2020 is having on the light workers. What I mean by light workers is the people who are already awake, already aware that there's a shift taking place within the collective and within themselves. They are having a very different experience than most people, than the masses. The masses, as you can see, are attracting all the different catalysts they require to be shaken out of their slumber of unconsciousness. And the light workers, however, are having perhaps an equally intense experience, but in a very different way. They are being drawn deep into their awakening experience, deep into presence, deep into themselves. And anyway, that's kind of a vague synopsis of this podcast, but there are five more specific themes that me and Patty have recognized in our own lives big time that have been the result of the powerful energy of 2020, but also just from my ability to engage with the thousands of people who interact with my content on a regular basis. So I've observed these patterns and I want to share these five things with you because I think it's going to give you a lot of clarity, a lot of... Uh, Maybe a, a, a sigh of relief you can exhale because you'll realize you're not going through this alone. And also maybe some excitement because the implications of these effects are absolutely life-changing. Hey, what's going on, my friends? Welcome to another episode of the Awaken Life Podcast. You know me, my name is Victor, and I'm here with my beautiful wife of almost 12 years of marriage, Patty. <laughs> hey, guys. How's it going? Um, I may have bumped the microphone. Well, that's just not acceptable. We're going to have to restart this. <laughs> I know. No. Okay. So anyways, my friends, thing number one I wrote down or typed down, pushed by life to upgrade and step into your potential. This reminds me of something that started happening to me kind of at the end of last year, but early this year. As many of you know, I've been, I've been Victor the Awakening YouTuber for quite some time. That seems to be or, or have, has been my role, my purpose. You know, I felt safe and comfortable there and it was, it was going quite predictably and I was successful. But all of a sudden, the tail end of last year, I noticed that my growth on YouTube, for whatever reason, started to really take a hit. A real, you know, my, my growth probably declined by about like a th a less than a third of what I was normally getting. So I was getting like a third of the amount of followers every day than I was for a long time. And, you know, people talk about censorship and this and that. I don't know what it is, um, but I had... I, I know and I've learned that things don't just happen in life. And sometimes when one thing breaks down, even if we don't understand it, even if we want to cling to it because it's safe, it just implies that a new door is available to open up and an old door is closing. But I, I didn't want the old door to close as usually is the case with us because the old door, again, is safe. It's familiar. It's comfortable. Um, but anyway, so I, I held the door shut. I didn't want to close it. And I, I like, I tried all these different techniques. I remember I even hired this guy off of YouTube. This like, it's like uh, this YouTube coach who helps people grow their channel. And I had a session with him, and I did all these different things, all in it, um, to try to like 
try to like stall what I kind of sensed was happening. I sensed what was happening is that it's time for me to move yet again into the unknown. But I've already done that so many times, I didn't want to. Um, so I resisted for a long time. And not only did I sort of cling to this YouTube uh, persona and, and, and everything, um, but I also started to feel a lot of resistance. Just It just felt like it was becoming forced for me to film videos. In fact, one time I went out to the Red Rocks. I, got, I did a bunch of breath work. I got myself into a prime state and I filmed an entire energy update. And even though it was halfway decent, I just knew that the whole thing, the whole day was completely forced. And I can no longer lie to myself and, and pretend I knew that I was being called to step into a new level of my life purpose, a new level of my life, a new level of myself. And that involves writing. But writing is something that I have to start from scratch. I'm not already a good writer. I'm okay, maybe, because I do emails and blogs and stuff. But I'm just going to interject, and I disagree. I well, think you are a good writer. Th well, thank you, love. But the, the <laughs> point is... You know, I've developed a certain level of mastery and comfortability with YouTube and speaking. Mm -hmm. So writing, there's just a lot of pressure put on me. Um, and yet, the, the, just the way the year of 2020 has unfolded, it's in a sense pushed me out of YouTube and into this new uncomfortable but exciting realm of writing. Can you relate to that in any way? I know a lot of people have been reaching out, mm. going through something similar. I can think of a couple of things. You might not want to share about it, but. Um, well, what, what do you, what do you have? What do you? Well, with your medicine journey, you're sort of, it's, it's, uh, yeah, you're I being mean, asked to, you're kind of being pushed in new directions, we'll say, right? Yeah. Well, yes, yes, essentially. It was really, um, what happened for me was, First of all, the quarantine, obviously with medicine work, it put like a giant halt on everything. And what's interesting is um, during, well, before the quarantine actually came in, I started drawing, I drew some cards and I got the postponement card when I was like asking questions about it. And I thought, well, what does that mean? What does that mean? And then everything shut down and I understood like, okay, it's, it's just postponing for now and, and, um, I'll have to just be patient and, and wait and see how things unfold. And, um, there's been a lot of like new developments for me that, um, I was very resistant to, um, yeah, that's as much as I'd like to share as far as that Okay, but you've been but through it before, the, sort of the transition when you were just a mom yeah, into and, and pursuing will, the shamanism. Exactly, and I will share this, that when, um, when going from the transition of being a mom to becoming a medicine woman and, and embracing that path, that was a challenge, but not quite in the same way as this was for me because there was a lot more emotions involved this time around, and... Um, it felt like an ending. Um, so for me, I felt like, oh God, I'm, I, it was like a, I felt like a, a breakup was happening. Um, but really for me, the unfoldment was, it wasn't a breakup. It was just a shifting of how things were going to play out for me. And, um, and it was opening new different doors that, um, will all, they'll all be good, you know, 
and they're still sort of unfolding, which is why this didn't come in uh, for me when you asked me that. Um, but yeah, the the um, new opportunities, new new things coming in that maybe I'm not. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. We don't have to force it, love. This is something that I've sort of uh, been going through for a while. Um, well, and for me, <clears throat> the ending, the, the the end result of the shift is is not quite near. You know, the the you're shift. You're in the middle is, of the I'm shift. In the, I'm in the shift, and it's still unfolding for me because of um, some other personal things that I've been going through and and whatnot. Um, have have yeah yeah been in the in, no wor- in, no in the mix of that. <laughs> So what I've learned about these shifts, my friends, especially this last one for me, is that it doesn't have to be this abrupt, um, uncomfortable thing. I've It's sort of been like a almost a year of me just slowly but surely pulling back from YouTube. As many of you who've been following me in a while, you can see I took like a two, three month break completely. And then now I do a couple videos a week and I do them live so I don't have to like... It's more, it's more convenient for me so I can really just put a minimal amount of energy but still still acknowledge that I have all these fans that look forward to the video sometimes. But I've been doing a lot more writing. And slowly but surely, the writing has just been sort of outweighing my speaking stuff. And now I wake up and I write a lot. And the writing is coming very fast and I'm, I'm getting better at it. I write either an email or a long blog post or I work on my book. And, and it's just been this uh, really cool cool thing to witness myself go through. And I feel like there's a new version of me coming through in the writing that it was just time to time to do. Um, but the the advice I have to you is to don't do what I do, tend to do and resist and, and hold those doors open as long as you can. You, you can always tell when life is trying to shift you, when your soul is saying it's time to move on in a new direction. I know you're afraid, but you have to trust it's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. Not only is it going to be okay, but you're going to love it. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's happening. These yeah. changes aren't here to just force us in these uncomfortable things. They're just, the changes happen when we're actually ready, even if we don't think and feel we are. And if we allow ourselves to, to go with the flow of life, then, then we can allow this, then the, these energies to carry us to new, to new places in ourselves and our purpose and in our life. Yeah, and I'd also like to add to to that, um, you know, the resistance that you felt happened for a long time because you were like, no, 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 I don't want, I don't want the change, I don't want the change. And for me, it was only I, I'm just more um, in the flow, more like. Uh, allowing for new things to come in then I think for you I think because part of it is you feel some more pressure just financially when things shift for you for your business um but for me it was only like a couple of weeks of of intensity whereas for you it was like a whole year of intensity (laughs) of Of resistance well it's just like I said you know you feel more pressure and everybody has their own um different way of dealing with the resistance and and whatnot so and i tend to live more in my head than you do you're more in your body more in your emotions but so anyways well let's move on we got a lot we got four other things are you sure like i think we could just like i think you'd like to milk this one for all it's worth but so i actually skipped the first one the first one i wrote down was a powerful and deep emotional cleanse hmm now, like I said, a lot of a lot of people on the planet now <clears throat> are 
are being shown the reflections and being drawn into the circumstances required to successfully stress them out, basically. Bug them out, wig them out, shake them up, shake them awake, shake them out of the old. It's like a, it's like a massive alarm clock blaring. And, and now the world can no longer ignore it. And that's you know very stressful for the planet and the collective as a whole. But we're already awake, the people who listen to anything remotely resembling podcasts such as this. So we're getting our own alarm clocks. We're getting our own circumstances. But they're not really... They don't have to be as drastic. They don't have to be as stressful or disruptive. And they're just basically little nudges to go deeper, to go deeper into your psyche, go deeper into your shadow, deeper into your emotions, because there's an opportunity for a massive cleansing, a massive um, purging of these trapped emotions we've been walking around with. And I'm going to share a story that happened to me a little over a week ago. I had a vasectomy, and I was laying there on the operating table, and the doctor and the nurse were super cool. They were like talking to me a lot, and I could tell that that was their strategy, and they probably they probably are taught to do that: keep the patient talking and distracted from what's actually happening. <laughs> um, and they were real cool. But as there was one moment where the doctor said, "Last chance, last chance to back out," he was implying, and I was like, and then it hit me like the gravity of what this decision made. I started thinking about my kids and how much I love them and how much I love children. And just like it was a choice I made and I, I'm happy with it. But it just there it was a, it was, an, it was a pivot point for me as a human being, as, as, a, as a dad, as a as a person. I'm 36 years old. And I just started to feel very emotional. Like I really just wanted it. I felt like I needed to cry really badly when I was on the table. But I suppressed it because I didn't want to do that in front of these two strangers really. <laughs> so I kind of held it in. But I've learned that it's not good to do that, generally speaking. It's not good to hold in those emotions that just organically want to flow out of you. That's how we get all, that's how we develop a lot of bad things. Mm -hmm. Depression, that's why why a lot of us escape into our minds and our head, live in our heads all the time. And that's why, you know, we can even develop, you know, physical illness and ailments because these emotions we are avoiding. So I didn't want to do that. I didn't want to cry at the time. So anyways, once they were finished and I had a few minutes alone in the, in the, the room there, the, the operating room to get dressed, I just stayed there a while, like five, 10 minutes. And, just, and I sort of like welcomed up those emotions. I let myself cry. I let myself purge. And, it, it, and I, I felt better. And I, I felt like I felt lighter. I just had a sense that this needed to happen. It just sort of completing this emotional cycle, acknowledging my emotional body. And I allowed it to happen. But when, after all that, I, I was just sort of thinking and, and just sort of pondering the idea that for the longest time, I wouldn't do that. I would suppress my emotions because I felt they were inappropriate or I didn't want to feel them or whatever. And I went through a lot of my life not feeling my emotions. I became very good at stuffing them down or avoiding them or escaping from them. And I realized just ahead, like a download, that the year of 2020 is not a year to do that. It is a year to feel. It's a year to express. It's a year to emote. It's a year to very be, be honest with where you are and how you feel and let those releases take place, whether they be through tears or uncomfortable conversations with people who you're close with or whatever whatever it is that gives you that sense of, oh, I feel better or lighter and more free. Whatever does that for you, it's a very important year to do that. It's not, not I feel like where we're heading vibrationally as a planet 
it's not going to really allow us to keep those emotions. I feel like life is going to continue to provoke them out of us. But we don't have to wait for some big, they, they, there's this expression where it says, God taps you on the shoulder when he wants to get your attention. I, I say he and God as just lack of a better term, just for conversation's sake. You know, the universe taps you on the shoulder when they want to get your attention. And then a lot of us, we ignore it. And then it sort of like knocks on your door. And then if we ignore that, it bangs on your door. And eventually it blows open your door and gives you some kind of big experience to, to show you this lesson. But the fact that we're awake already, we don't have to let it get to that point. We're watching the collective experience, a lot of doors being blasted open by the universe because they're, they're in denial and whatnot. But we don't have to be that way. We can get the little taps like I had in the operating room and just let yourself feel. Let yourself experience these emotions. Can you relate to that? You want to add anything or? Yeah. Well, um, bef- yeah. I mean, I had a, um, a very similar experience. Um, I wasn't on an operating table or anything like that, but um, one of the, it's connected with your vasectomy, obviously. Um, during our last retreat, um, I, I, de- I didn't take a test, but I've had miscarriages before. And so I'm, I know what it's like. I know what it looks like. I know what it feels like. And I know what it feels like to be pregnant because I've been pregnant <laughs> enough to know. Um, and uh, going into the retreat, my period was late and I was um, feeling like there's a possibility that I could be pregnant, but I, I hadn't shared that with you I hadn't, um, I didn't really want to like admit that. And, um, I was standing in the kitchen and and there was like a a few women around me and I was like, Oh shit, I think I just got my period. And I like left the room and I did. And I realized that I, I had a miscarriage and, um, that for me, it was an emotional experience mostly because I was relieved, but then I had an intense amount of guilt for being relieved that I had a miscarriage. For one, there's so many women that have um, issues getting pregnant um, and they would do anything to have a baby of their own. And also, um, I saw Clairvoyant um, a few years ago when we first moved to Vegas and she told me that we have um, four souls. Three of them are here incarnate with us because they have a soul contract, but then the fourth soul um, was, uh, she was happy just being in, in the ethers and, and coming and and hanging out with us in spirit. And I didn't really put much stock into that. I kind of just was like, okay, whatever, you know, but, um, when I, when I was processing the fact that I thought I might be pregnant, I had like a name come in and, um, the name was what, Sebastian was going to be if he was a girl and um it just kept coming in coming in coming in and and um during the retreat I can't I'm holding space so I can't process the emotions that I'm feeling you know so I had to like take time for myself and like go process the emotions like I could I I we had um a space where I could go and and be alone but it was not until after I was able to process it that I was able to tell you what was going on with me because you were like, why are you being so cranky? <clears throat> you know? <clears throat> and, um, and I try to do that 
you know, when I'm, when I have something big that I have to process, I try to do it right away. But then there's the little things for me that I don't process, um, immediately. Cause I just kind of shove them under the rug and I'll deal with that later kind of thing. And, um, once I was done like processing all that, I realized, like you said, how important it is to really just, um, be in your authenticity and speak your truth. And, you know, when you're in a partnership with someone, it's important to, um, to be truthful with what you're processing, even when it's hard. And, um, this year has been a big year of like going inward and doing a lot of the deep shadow work and, and things like that. Um, and yeah. it's, yeah, and it's just becoming more more and more um, uh, in our face, prominent. I don't know. I can't think of a word, but it's it's more in, in, in the... Harder to like hold back for sure. Yes, yes. In the awareness of like, we need to deal with this. We yeah, need to deal with it urgency. now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I think the challenge that people would argue is like, well, Vic, I have a lot going on, man. Like, like you at the retreat, like me and the operating table, there's not, it's not always convenient. But I think we just have to be clever and do our best to like right. not, not let it go too long. Right, exactly. It's like when you need time to process something, it's important to take the initiative to take the time for yourself to process. Because when you do that, it doesn't take quite as long to process something when you do it in the moment when it's right. coming in. But if you shove it under the rug and pretend that it's it's not there and pretend everything's okay and you keep doing that for a long period of time, then it sort of grows and it becomes a lot more challenging to... Um, bring to the surface. To, yes, to bring to the surface, but and also when it comes to the surface, on if it if it comes to the surface on its own, um, or through your own uh, ways of healing, then it can become more of a challenge to process it because there's other layers to it at that point. Yeah, yeah, it can become like you don't even know what it is, and it's confusing, and, and this and that. But mm-hmm. but yeah, my friends, this is a year to really just let yourself feel, mm-hmm. plain and simple. Um, I wrote down here, number three, out of orange and into green. This will require a little explanation. Briefly, this comes from a philosophy, I believe, or a science maybe, of something called spiral dynamics. It's kind of a map of consciousness in a somewhat scientific way. And I won't go get into the whole thing there, but there are these different colors, and different colors represent different uh, states of consciousness and as a human being we you know some of us anyway especially all of us listening here we tend to we move through these different colors as we go up the ladder of consciousness well orange is a color a lot of us have been in society well a lot of a lot of society is actually not not even orange but a lot of us have been orange for a while that's where it's like you're taking your power back and you're met you're realizing you're a co-creator and you're making things happen in your life and you realize that your 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 intention and your consciousness has can have an influence in your life. And it's like a state of like, a lot of like entrepreneurs have the orange mentality. But there's like shadow side to the orange mentality where you become kind of a little bit segregated from your heart, a little bit disconnected from the whole, from like a unity consciousness. And it's like good to get your power back, but it's also can be kind of lonely. I mean, I was an orange for a long time. Orange, again, is like business people. So for a while, I was like a straight up hardcore orange building a business, building a brand, building my online presence. It took a lot of hard work and I was like, I can do this kind of attitude. But lately, I've been feeling like pulled up into green and green is the next color above orange. 
And it's not really a hierarchy, but it's the next level of consciousness where you go back into like the group mentality, back into unity, back into like doing what's best for the whole, living from your heart. Um, and that I see happening in a lot in a lot of people. A lot of think a lot of I think this quarantine really um, gave a lot of people clarity. I think a lot of people, whether they think so or not, they've been in that orange mentality with their job, trying to trying to build up their status, their their image on. on on the social media or in their career or with their friend circle. We're putting a lot of energy into this face we show the world, this mask. Um, and, and finally, it's like this mask is becoming seen as pointless. Like, why do we even have this stupid mask to begin with? Why not just like <laughs> live like more of a simple life? And I think that's what a lot of people are doing. They're sort of like waking up to that and 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 falling back into their heart. And I'll give an example. This uh, last Sunday, I did a coaching session with my group. And I take them through this meditation that brings them in back in touch with their their five year old self, their fourteen year old self, and their twenty one year old self. And I really want to bring to the surface like the pure hearts that those younger ages tend to had had at those times. And then from that sort of state of uni being unified with the inner child in a sense, then we set goals, basically. We, we start designing a new life. And what, what's so cool to see is when people do that meditation first, their goals aren't, I want to make more money, I want to have this, I want to have this. It's more like, I want to have more uh, community. I want to be happy. I want to be free. It's more of these heart-centered sort of aspirations, and I think this year, a lot of people are going to start really taking that very seriously and reorganizing their life in perhaps a pretty uh, big way where their life is more aligned with those simple childlike pursuits of joy, creative expression, uh, you know, being around like-minded people that you feel like you love and love you. Like these more simple things don't require us to work so hard and stress ourselves out and it's a lot lighter of an existence, a lot more fulfilling as well. So anyway, that's a lot of times my energy updates. They're just literally me sharing about what's going on with me, basically. It's really that simple. And that's been a huge pattern in my life. Have you felt that at all? Have you recognized that? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I like to say that I live more in the green um, aspect, but there are, especially this year, I've noticed being more in my head about things and, um, and focusing on things that aren't quite as important as they, <clears throat> as I, I, I think they are or whatever. Um, but yeah, I definitely noticed that yeah, there's wanna... the shift and, and, um, you know, I, I would have moments of clarity, you know, because here let me let me interject i know i know you're it's let me just know if this makes sense i don't mean to interrupt but a lot of people when they go through an awakening they actually jump me and aaron talk my friend aaron dowdy talked about this they jump colors a lot of people go from like these lower colors into green mm -hmm. and that's kind of probably what happened to you and then a lot of people realize they didn't do enough of the orange so they kind of dip back into orange to really get into their yeah. power a lot of people when you just jump into green and this unity consciousness this is and not saying i meant unity consciousness but just more of that mindset it's more like they don't have the life skills. They don't have the work ethic. They don't have the discipline. And they sort of just float through life like a leaf in the wind, being, getting blown <laughs> around by this harsh world we live in. So a lot of people in green will actually dip back into orange for a while um, to develop that mm -hmm. self-empowerment and that confidence and work ethic. So some people are probably doing that. Yeah. And I think that's what's happening with you, which is yeah. where you were struggling to comment. Yes. No, I was going to... Um 
uh, share that because I know that that's the case. Um, what's int- what's funny is like my mom used to always say like, oh, Patty, you fly by the seat of your pants because I would just be like, well, I'm, I want to do this. I'm going to do that. So I'm like, maybe I was born in green and then I had to like learn about the, the other lower vibration colors or whatever in this yeah, life. It happens. Uh-huh. But um, but yeah, I definitely feel that um, with with all the things that we've been dealing with in in 2020, I think a lot of people, whether or not they were in the green, have dipped back down into orange because there's more of like a work work that needs to be done, even if it's shadow work or emotional healing or or actual like I have to go find a job now, like you know so. Um, yeah. So I definitely experienced that for sure this year. And that's actually a good thing. Without going too deep into the spiral dynamics discussion, the next level up below above green is is uh, yellow. And yellow, that's someone who's integrated and sees value and purpose in all the different colors. Even some of the, the lower ones, like I think red is like warrior, you, you conquer, destroy. You know, there's like a lot of real low levels of consciousness. Um but there's value and there's a time and a place for everything. So right. maybe it's, we're all going to yellow, which makes us seem cool. Yeah. And now we're just sort of going down and experimenting with these different colors that we need to kind of learn more about. But there's, yeah. I just want to kind of I'm share that. I'm actually at yellow. Uh, no, you're at yellow. Kidding. I'm at turquoise. You know what that means? I'm enlightened. So, so whatever you want to, you want to compare? <laughs> no, it's just funny because yesterday I did, um, a medicine called combo and without going too deep into it, one of the things that they refer to it as warrior medicine. And this morning I actually made a post about like, whenever I do combo, I, I really, um, I do, I feel like a warrior and there is, there is um, beauty in that strength of of tapping into the warrior, yep. at, at the warrior energy and and um, and yeah. So just just sharing. They're all cool, man. Yeah, I dig them. Yeah, I like so, I like the spiral diet. We should have Aaron on here. Yeah, I to talk he, about because he's really into it and he knows a lot about <laughs> the spiral dynamics. Yeah, and he we talks at, about it a lot. We were at his house one day and, and Patty was like, "Oh, spiral dynamics! I've never heard of that." Aaron goes in his room, busts out this big chart. Yeah, this he, big, like, he got he, his he whiteboard. He slides over his whiteboard <laughs> and, and like, proceeded to give him like a, give her a 20-minute spiel. <laughs> yeah. But it was so entertaining. Yeah, we'll yeah, have him on. Yeah, we'll if you guys want to have that, let me know. I'll, I'll have Aaron come on. We'll talk yep. all about spiral dynamics. He knows way more than I do. I know, yeah. And and he's very um, he's also good with words like you. So he's, he's good at explaining what that means in a easy-to-understand way. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, this next one is driven to connect with others. I think a lot of people are really feeling, I know the shutdown has made a lot of us aware of just how Important. essential yeah. it is to have, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Not just relationships, but like. Just human connection. Connection, connection with, with your, yeah, 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 bonding, communion. Uh, yeah. And I think a lot of people who might have uh, been feeling kind of lonely and this and that are going to be putting more energy into like really stepping out of their comfort zone to meet people. Like a lot mm-hmm. of people coming to the retreat as an example. Yeah. I always give this opening talk where I acknowledge, I acknowledge them for coming. Cause I know to a lot of people, they've never traveled alone before. They're all they've ever known was their, their, their little community and where they've lived. They never traveled alone. They're willingly going into this, this big house with a bunch of people they've never met. 
and they know it's going to be kind of a, a big experience. So I always acknowledge the courage it takes to do that. But the people who like them who do that, they make lifelong friends. They build these connections. And this mm-hmm. is not some kind of pitch to the retreats, but I'm saying a lot of times to make, like for me, yeah, I met Aaron, my best friend, organically, but that was after putting myself out there into the world for years. It took a lot mm-hmm. of energy and courage to put myself out there. Right. And I think a lot of people are going to finally have that drive when the opportunity arises to kind of seize the day and say, you know what? I'd rather be uncomfortable than lonely, basically. Right, and there's a lot of different things you can do. You know, there's there's many different types of retreats you can do, but there's also... I talk about this all the time. I met my dear friend Barbie at a yoga class, you know, and um, it's like, it's super, I'm a very outgoing person. So for me going and like being around people is usually okay. But in the time it was intimidating for me even, and I'm pretty, I mean, pretty outgoing in person. So Mm -hmm. it was it's it's interesting that even I felt like um a little bit intimidated to go to a big class where I didn't know anybody but um you know you do if you do it anyway and and go through that and um and overcome that that um potential uncomfortable feeling you know so many beautiful things can come out of it yeah and um you know the relationships that um I've, I've met just going and doing things that, um, I probably wouldn't have done just because it was like, well, I'll just do it later or whatever, maybe tomorrow, you know? Yeah. Um, but the time to do that stuff is now there's all kinds of opportunities, no matter where you are, you might have to drive a little ways, but there's plenty of opportunities for you to go to a free sound bath or, you know, meditation group or a drum circle, or there, there's all kinds of things that you can find, you know, all over the place. Or even online for or, that Yes, matter, even online. Which a lot of people exactly. would argue that I can't go out of my house or whatever. Right. Well, and in some places that is true. There's, there's some places that are, you know, starting to shut down things again. But, um, but yeah, there's plenty of opportunities online. I'm, I can like name probably five right now that are held by different people. Yeah. We, that- we had one for a while. I was, I had this like uh, online group and there was a, two people that met there and got married. Remember mm-hmm. uh, Des and uh, someone else, right? Who? You don't remember them? Oh, I mean, you weren't really involved in that, but there was this no, couple. No, I wasn't. That but I, yeah, I mean, it happens. I, I've met, I've had people message me that are like, I found my twin flame. And if we get married, will you come to the wedding? You know, <laughs> and like, it, it happens all the time. And, and, and in fact, um, you know, the, the, Oh yeah, I remember who you're talking about yep. now. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, it's it's if you just and it, it, honestly, it's easier online to put yourself out there because you're not like in person. It is a lot easier to to join an online class, you know, or or something where you can meet other like minded people and um, and yeah. Yeah, let's let's talk about another. another there's another element to this I want to sort of okay. point out that comes along with this so while there might be the drive or maybe some people are already in the process of doing that you know at least putting out the intentions to meet their tribe if Mm -hmm. you will um what can come about that is sort of a wrapping up 
of unresolved relationship issues in mm-hmm. general that you might be playing out with people already in your life mm-hmm. like old cycles playing out over and over and over again mm-hmm. more and more intensely to kind of sh- try to get you to understand the message and this can be very ups- not upsetting but um this can be very tumultuous at times when there's people who are you're close to and you're going through a lot of strain within the relationship we have experienced this in the last like few months, huh? In mm-hmm. our relationship. And we've yeah. gone through ups and downs and we've, we've fortunately have enough experience riding out the storms to know mm-hmm. that at the end of them, there's always like a deeper bond between us, a deeper love and connection. Yeah. But it's not always easy. No. And it's, it's funny. It, like in the last year, we've had more things come up for us than we have in the last 10 Yes. Almost you know? all the things that we did never address or dealt with were just literally ex- mm-hmm. exploding in our faces yeah. in such a very intense way. Yeah. And it, what's, what's really beautiful though, f- you know, I don't know if this is going to get too off the subject, but for me, um, it was a, it was a really beautiful opportunity for me to look at myself in the relationship and see where I'm doing things and, and where I'm acting that's not appropriate anymore. You know, maybe like, you know, I would do, do something. I, I, okay. I'll just go into it really quickly. I tend to be someone that like would not speak up, you know, in, in the beginning of our relationship, you, like if you did something that I didn't like, I would speak, not speak up. I'd just be like, Oh, whatever, you know, I was just Victor, you know, and I just ignore something that maybe bothered me, but wasn't really like a big enough deal to, to address. But, um, after my most recent diet with, uh, with Coca, she's, she's the speaker of truth. And she really (laughs) did a number on me this, this, um, these last few months after, after processing with her. But, um, but the the beautiful thing is that it gave me an opportunity to be able to go back to where we started our relationship and where I started doing things wrong, mm-hmm. where it sh- or or I guess I don't want to say wrong, but where I could have been doing things more appropriate for my own um, uh, well being instead of you know keeping things to myself because it. I mean, and then my well-being as well, because mm-hmm, yeah, it would but, come out sort of like unexpected bitchy. times. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm going to take ownership. Yeah, it would come out in in that coca is fire medicine, and I'm very fiery. I have a lot of fire in my chart, and the way that some of the things would come out would be not appropriate, and um, it's not fa- it wasn't fair to you to you know have have. You'd be like, not really even, you'd be like, whoa, where is this coming from? And I'd be like, you always are like, you know? But really that's how I felt, but that was not the reality of the situation. And it's because it was years of, of, of not doing what my soul needed me to do to speak up, to be whole, you know? And it's, it would be silly things like, you know, you tap me on the wrong shoulder and I like look on the wrong, you know what I mean? Like where it would come out and I'd be like, what the hell? Why are you tapping me? But it's like, he's just messing with me. And that's like stuff you've always done. But it's like, that was not the issue. That's the straw that broke the camel's back in that moment, right? Right. right. And that wasn't the, not the issue. So the, so, um, 
so when, when things are coming up in the relationship, it's really important to really look at your own part in it because when you're in a relationship, there's two people, right? And so you have the things that the other person is doing, but then you also have your own part in it. There's always your own part. And if you can't see that, then maybe you're a narcissist. <laughs> just, yeah, I'm just we'll do kidding. a podcast about that. <laughs> no, and I have my own fair share of issues that have come up, but like the energy of the, this year really seems to have yet yeah, thrown them in our face. Like put us like through these life unfoldments that make it crystal clear that there's this tendency you have, or there's this unresolved thing within you or your relationship that if you don't address it, it's going to, it's going to, it's going to be disastrous. It's going to be, it's going to be very, very uncomfortable for you. It's going to be bad for everyone involved. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a time to really just take honest ownership of, of, of your part in it and, and also understand your own rights in, in relationships. So anyway, th- we're getting too specific, I think with our own, but um, it's a good opportunity to, to sort of release these karmic, these cycles within your relationships. And as you mm-hmm. heal them within yourself, within your existing relationships, that allows either, you know, usually both, like deeper connections with those already around you, and then also new relationships to kind of come in now that you've raised your frequency and are no longer putting out the signal of someone who's not addressed certain issues. Mm-hmm. Now you're more free, you're more authentic. Mm-hmm. And therefore the universe is very fast to reflect and reciprocate the new version of you. Mm-hmm. So it's a really, it's a powerful time, but it's also, it's like a challenging time, but it's also in a very, a very, very rewarding time where you literally do have the opportunity to either fall back in love with those around you more deeply and really feel that love in a mm-hmm. very powerful way, but also meet some cool new people. Yeah, and open the door for a more pure um, relationship to come into your life that's really going to be more fulfilling and more um, what your soul needs yep. rather than what your dysfunction yeah. is, is um, attracting. Yep, and then lastly, real quick, I wrote down, pulled into presence. What I mean by that <laughs> is that I think we are finally waking up to the insane dysfunctional way that like humanity and society as a whole endeavors through life. Like we are so busy, so much on our plate, so externally distracted and focused uh, out there in the world. And I think we're waking up to just how, how like, how like tense and dis and uncomfortable and like unnatural that is to, to, to a way to live. So I think a lot of us basically are like feeling called to have more space in their life, have more freedom in their life, have more quiet, more peace, more art, more nature, more presence. And this is something we've all known. Like, yeah, I should really meditate. You know, I should really make more time for this. Oh, I should do this more often. But now it's becoming like, wow, I really need to do something. Yeah. Have you felt that? I, I felt that. Oh, I reorganized my life in a pretty big way this last year. Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely have felt that. And even even with all the things that I've been like um, emotionally processing, like my safety, my, my go-to, and it's been this way my entire um, life is is singing, going going and um, doing that. And, and um, that's, you know... I, it's becoming even more 
in my face. Like I need to do more of that. I need to make time for that every day. I need to be in nature, which, you know, when we're in Sedona, it's like easy, but you know, here in Vegas, there's not as much nature. We have to like make more of an effort. And sometimes that's the case, but it's like the need for it is so, um, prominent in, in me that we make time for those types of things, you know? Yeah. Yeah. A huge inspiration for me has been this, my friend, Drew Canoli. He's this guy that I talk about sometimes. And out of most people I've met, he's one of the most consistently grounded, present people. And I've had the opportunity to like stay with him and he's living with Aaron right now on multiple occasions. And just seeing the way he lives his life is very interesting. He's always doing stuff to, to become present. I'll just, mm-hmm. I'll walk in the living room and he's meditating just by himself in the middle of the day, or he's jumping on the trampoline, or he's playing, he plays music all the time. Yesterday we had, the other day we had dinner and he started playing the piano and singing for like a half hour, just singing. And you could tell he does all these different things all throughout the day to maintain a good, open, grounded sort of energy and presence. And consequently, mm-hmm. he rarely looks stressed, even though he's a human being, but he's lived in a pretty peaceful state from all comparatively speaking, mm-hmm. and just in recognizing that, I've been really trying to apply that to my own life. So one of the things I've done, in not a very systematic way, but just sort of naturally, I've imposed these rhythms where in the past, I used to work, try to get all my work done earlier in the day. You know, I worked like noon or one, but I'd bust my ass from early in the morning and I'd work hard. And then I'd feel like, you know, um, like frazzled and tired and, and ungrounded. My whole day, ungrounded, very ungrounded from the kind of work I do. Um, but now I will, I'll like work a little bit and then I'll go out and I'll play chess with the boys. We play a lot of chess nowadays mm-hmm. and then I'll, then I'll come back and I'll work some more. Then I go outside and I, I, I lately have been taking these naps where I put in earplugs. I like meditate until I fall asleep, which takes just a few minutes. And I, I just lay there for like 20 minutes. And then like before bed, I go on the cold plunge and, and I just do all these different things to kind of help cultivate and sustain a greater level of presence. So, and and it, it's great for you know, advancing your spiritual growth and stuff, but it's more about just being more happy, less tense, more at ease, more at peace. And it's something that the the shutdown really revealed to me how many like habits and tendencies I have that take me out of presence, that take me out of peace, that I've really had to kind of like fight hard to withdraw from and put more energy and focus into presence. Have you noticed that? What, in my own life? Yeah. Of course. Of course. And, and for me, it's a little bit, um, more of a challenge because like, I, I, if I, if I am like, I need my, my time, then sometimes the kids will still come in and, and, you know, but, um, but yeah, I, I was, especially during the quarantine, I was more uh, diligent about taking time for myself. But now that, life is, is happening. I haven't been quite as diligent about it, but I definitely can feel the difference in, in when I do take the time that I need and when I don't. <laughs> yeah. And one of my favorite and I think most effective ways is just going in nature. We've, mm-hmm. we've been walking, doing a lot of hiking lately and it's been yeah. just lovely and, and necessary. Anyways, my friend, before I go, I should have probably mentioned this at the beginning. A lot of people probably don't listen to the whole thing, but, uh, if you're interested, Patty is hosting a retreat in Sedona late February. It's already like halfway booked up. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you want, go to awakeninghelp.com 
backslash ladies only. And that'll take you to her page where you can learn more about it. Anything you want to share about like what you're going to be doing, love? Yeah. Um, so the, the way that I do the women's retreats is um, I tap into the energy collectively of the group. So um, it's sort of tailored to the group specifically. So um, what's been coming in is is always subject to shift because of, you know, obviously the women that will be there, but there's definitely going to be some shadow work that we're going to do. Um, and, uh, we've got, um, my girl Jocelyn coming in and she's going to work her magic. Um, she uh, has actually been on the podcast. So, um, if you haven't listened to my, it was just me and Jocelyn. So if you haven't listened to the podcast, I highly recommend, um, but she'll be there working her magic and, um, and yeah, there'll be a bunch of other beautiful things. We're going to do what I've been calling art ceremony with Dana, mm -hmm. who is this beautiful artist. And, um, we, we talk about her sometimes. I don't know about on the podcast, but, um, but yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be amazing. And I'm really, really excited. Yeah. One of the things I've observed is that, cause I listened to Patty talking on the phone um, with the, the potential people who might want to join is that it's a very uniquely feminine experience, something I can never replicate. And just the way you talk about it, it really seems like it attracts people who are really looking for, for healing, really looking for um, like bonding with other mm -hmm. women, mm -hmm. really looking yeah. to kind of get back into their hearts and, and fall and really develop like self-love and confidence. That seems yeah. to be like, the themes that I, the underlying effects that I've under, that I've sort of witnessed in your previous women's retreats. And it's always a very, very powerful thing. Sometimes I'm there on the last day to, and I see some of them and it's like, you can tell it's a beautiful thing. So anyways, my friends, if you want to check it out again, awakeninghelp.com slash ladies only, you can check it out. 10 spots left, filling up pretty quickly. Yeah. And with that said, we hope to see you soon. We hope you have an amazing week, my friends. Much love to you all. Namaste. Peace. Oh, Peace.